You're listening to episode 64 of the National Centre for Writing podcast. Every week we tell stories about writers and discuss writing techniques. It's the 4th of October 2019 here at Dragon Hall in Norwich. I'm Simon Jones, Digital Marketing Manager here at the Centre, and I'm joined by Communications Manager Steph McKenna. Hello everyone. So you may have noticed that today's episode is out on a Friday rather than Wednesday, and this happened last week as well. That's because we've been extremely busy. So last week we launched the Early Career Awards, including announcing that we're taking over the Desmond Elliott Prize, which is very exciting. It is very exciting. And tomorrow, so this weekend on Saturday, we are announcing the third International Literature Showcase of the Year. And following on from Elif Shafak and Val McDermott, this time around we have none other than Jackie Kay. Announcing her list of 10 BAME writers working in the UK today. Uh, We're going to be live streaming that from the Cheltenham Literature Festival. So if you want to watch that, tune in on our website, nationalcentreforwriting.org.uk at 12.45 on Saturday. And if you missed the last two showcases, you can find all the details over on our website, as well as uh, listening back through the podcast on episode 35. We had Alif Shafak speaking to Badisha about her selection of women writers. And episode 57, we had Val McDermott talking to Sean Kane from The Guardian about her list of LGBTQI plus writers. Yeah, both really fascinating chats that are well worth listening to. Yeah, and a really good, really good additions to your reading list as well, if you're looking for some new books to uh, add to your pile. Yeah, all of these showcases are really designed to be kind of signposts mm. to new literature that you, some of which you've heard of, some of which you haven't heard of, but it's kind of opening up new areas of reading that you might not have been paying attention to before. Absolutely. So today on the podcast, we are talking to Richard Lambert. He is a writer of many things. He's had poetry collections published. He won the Fish Short Story Prize in 2019 for his short story, Wackernized Station. He was also longlisted by the Sunday Times for a short story, but what we're talking about is The Wolf Road, which is his first novel, which mm. is being published in February 2020. And Richard's in this really interesting in-between point of creating a book. So he's written it, it's gone through proofing and editing, and mm. it's kind of ready to go, and the publishing date is in February. So we're talking to him about what it's like to be in that sort of limbo state. There is a weird limbo state that hadn't really it hadn't really occurred to me actually before, but I don't know, yeah. I'm intrigued to see what he says or how you get through that or yeah. what, you, what you do to keep yourself busy. So I think generally we talk to writers who are either, they've just had a book come out, mm-hmm. and that's quite often why we're talking to them, or you're talking to writers who are way before then, so they may have had some books out in the past, but they're now working on something Writing in, in progress, yeah. yeah. Or they haven't even had a book published yet. But yeah, with Richard, he's uh, he's kind of made it, but the book's not actually there yet. Mm. So yeah, it's a curious position to be in. We talk about his path to getting this book published and mm. the fact that he's written other novels which have not yet been published. Okay, that's interesting. The importance, basically, of just keeping going. Yeah, just keep going, just keep swimming. I remember Richard, actually, because he was on our escalator scheme as well, our talent development scheme for the East of England. Something he says in, in the conversation is, if you keep pushing on the door, eventually it'll open. I like that. Yes, which I think is something that all kind of early career writers can, can listen to and mm. get some inspiration from. So, yeah, let's hand over to Richard chatting to me um, a few weeks ago. Thanks for joining us, Richard. You're here to talk about the upcoming Wolf Road, which yes. is your debut novel. Yes. Uh, and we're going to talk about some of the stuff you've done previously as well and your kind of journey from where you began, which yes. was more in poetry. 
Yes. Uh, and how you've kind of ended up writing this YA novel. Okay. Um, so I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about The Wolf Road. Okay. Uh, just the kind of, like the one line, what is it? Right. Um, it's about a 15-year-old boy, and at the beginning of the novel, his parents die in a road accident, and he has to go and live with his grandmother in the Lake District is where she lives, so he doesn't know that area. And the road accident was caused by an animal that he believed, comes to believe, was a wolf. And in the Lake District on the mountains, there is an animal killing livestock that the local people say is a wolf. And so it's a story about his adjustment to living with his grandmother, going to a new place, new friends, new school, and through the medium of the wolf, really coming to terms with the death of his parents. Although it's meant to be, that makes it sound quite heavy, it's meant to be an adventure also. Because mm-hmm. this is a YA-aimed YA, yes. novel. Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, I remember when I, when I read the, the synopsis yeah. a few months back when we first started talking and I've always had this deep-seated fear of wolves. <laughs> I don't know why, from when I, when I was a kid, like, I was too scared to read Little Red Riding Hood. Yeah. It just kind of got into my brain, so I read that and, and got chills, really. And what is the tone of the book? Is it, is it, has it got tension? Yeah, I hope that there's suspense and tension, and there's a question throughout the book whether the wolf is real mm-hmm. or not, um, or whether it's a wild dog or whatever it is. Yeah. And so it's, it's a, there is tension... There's also, there's a danger in the wolf, so there is that element of tension. Um, and, but sort of that's, it's more a journey of the boy's relationship to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's sort of got a realist tone to it, I think, but there is this element of, is there something supernatural or not? Yeah. So you, are you playing with genre and genre expectations a little bit there? I mean, that, that would... <laughs> That would that would sound like I was more in control of it than I was. I was just <laughs> was just. I mean, I know what you mean, and I know writers do that. But I really just was. I had this sort of central story that I wanted to tell, and I wasn't too. I wasn't playing too consciously with, with um, expectations or, or or genre. I mean, I know the YA genre quite well. I read quite a lot of YA. But I just, I just really wanted to f- focus on the experience of the of the kid, mm-hmm. and 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 the, and the, 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 it's quite a lot of his relationship to the natural world as well. So, um, it, although it has, there is a bit of a crossover thing in that it's, I think the people who have read it have felt like it could appeal to adults as well. You know, mm-hmm. it's quite, I mean, it's it's an adventure, but there's, you know, it's dealing with grief and. Um, trauma I suppose as well so there is you know I wouldn't say it's a light read exactly dealing with heavy subjects in a a slightly lighter way than you might think yes yeah (laughs) that would be exactly yeah Yeah. exactly so what stage are you at with the book at the moment so I wrote it took me a couple of years to write with all the research um, about wolves and the Lake District and various other elements in the book and then um, that was back in t- 2015, roughly, that I sort of finished it. And I had an agent then. And then it went out to lots of various publishers. 
and some loved it and it got very close to publication uh, um, but didn't get accepted um, and then about 18 months ago I saw that there was a new um, publishers of children's and YA fiction everything with words and their website looked like they were producing interesting books they just started so they only had a handful of books and I asked my agent about them and he approached them and you know there was a process of a few months and then she, the publisher really loved the book mm -hmm. um, and yeah it wasn't that long and then she accepted it for publication which was you know to get a publication to get to get published is a wonderful well it's felt it's felt like a it, for me it's been a big yeah a big deal yeah because this is your first novel and you've had poetry collections published before yeah. you've been shortlisted and have won various prizes for yeah. your short fiction hmm. um do you feel like with your kind of writing journey, I suppose, that you've been heading towards the novel? Because like, you've, you've kind of tried all sorts of different forms yeah. now. I, ha I mean, I've been writing novels for a long time, so this isn't my first novel I've written. Right, okay. Um, but it's one that's felt very close to my heart anyway. And, you know, I've got other, th other novels that I have been working on that I'm still working on from the past up to now. Um, so it was something I've always wanted to do. I mean, poetry is what I started with, but I would say I've been tr trying to write novels for about 15 years now. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it I doubted that it would happen, but I knew the work was good enough. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just keep hammering on the door. And thankfully someone's, you know, believed in it in yes. one of them enough to take it yeah. yeah what do you think it was about the wolf road specifically is it is it the first project that uh you've got to a point where you've tried to have it published have you had other um, novels in the past or i've had other novels in the past that have one one got close and then i think with this one it's i think it's a mat it's been a question of developing my skills a lot mm -hmm. of it really yeah um and reading more and understanding I suppose yeah understanding genre a bit more or you know how to tell a story um and then yeah I think it was a, it was sort of having the skills more and then I really wanted to tell that that story uh, that felt important so there was some sort of personal yeah. investment in it for me yeah and in terms of those skills you're talking about I mean do you feel like your skills have developed uh, primarily through writing or is is reading a part of that as well massive reading for me is a massive part of it I mean I read a lot I mean I don't know how much is a lot I mean I read about <laughs> you know I mean I probably read about 30 to 50 novels a year uh -huh. I mean it's probably perhaps that's not much but I do think about them and study you know sit down and study them and how they work yeah um and I mean, over the years, I've gone on lots of work, you know, writing workshops. I'm in two or three writing groups, critique mm -hmm. groups, you know, um, and they're useful as well. Um, I did. So it's, a, it's, it's not just sitting down and writing. I think it's a lot about, yeah, learning, you know, from reading other people and, and from other writers as well, mm -hmm. talking to other writers and what they, what they do. Yes. And in terms of, 
that kind of analytical approach to reading, mm. do you find you, you're still able to enjoy books or are you always looking for new tips and techniques as you're going through them? I prefer it when I can just get into a book and just really love it and mm. get just get swept along. Like, um, like the, I mean, I just read one. I mean, that doesn't happen very often, like maybe two or three times a year. Mm -hmm. Like um, Out of 50. Yeah, for me, for me. <laughs> yeah. you know. I mean, I read, just read Colm Toybean's novel, um, Nora Webster, and I just thought it was magical. It was just like, wow, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, I don't, don't know how he does that, but I could see little things that he was doing. Um, so, so, but the, there is some sort of alchemy there as well. Um, but... Yeah, so, so yeah, read. And also, like, yeah, I mean, stealing bits or stealing structural bits or how people do a certain certain thing, you know, like, say there's a certain... And, and when I'm trying to write something, say there's a certain scene I'm struggling with, I'll go back and say, you know, I don't know, say there was a party scene or something, I would think from all the novels I've read, or, or which were the good party scenes that I read, and then mm -hmm. go and just see how so-and-so did that, and then just see if there's anything there that I hadn't thought of or noticed and and if I kind of stick you know not steal words but steal you know uh, a technical or structural thing yeah I find sometimes when I'm writing mm. it's quite useful you know if I'm approaching a particular chapter if I if I note uh, like before I start writing it that I want it to have the feel of something right. else you know another book yeah. or a film or whatever it may be it just gives it gives you that extra little kind of uh, direction sign almost as yeah. you're going through the writing yeah i mean i you do this i use things from films that i've seen or, or play that films quite a lot as mm -hmm. well i'm um, seeing well, yeah bits from films or how did how did they structure that story yeah yeah um so at the moment the book's written yes and it's gone through editing proofing all that kind of thing. So where, where is it at right now? Right now, I just finished about two weeks ago the last proofs. I mean, I haven't been through this process before, so I'm not entirely sure what, yeah. what the process is. Um, but it got accepted around Christmas last year or just the start of the year. And um, I then did edits on it, you know, in terms of that the editor, publisher editor wanted me to make large, slightly larger changes in, in the start of the book, which I did and then she accepted them and then there was uh yeah i proofread it myself three times a couple of my friends proofread it also very kindly and then her proofreader did it and then so it's all been sort of finished yeah and now it's got she's now got it and they now pr print review copies or mm -hmm. advanced review copies i think they're called and she'll do a couple of hundred of those and then they get sent off, you know, her marketing person will send them publicity or whatever they're called, will send yeah. them to all the um, all the newspapers, I guess, for mm -hmm. to try and get um, reviews. So that, that, and I'll proof it again as well when that, you know, it'll have it be bound. Like a physical item. Physical item, yeah. Because yeah. I'm sure there'll be like little tiny, uh -huh. well, they say that there's often little things that you won't have seen, but that you pick up at that stage. Yeah. And then I guess they hope that there'll be, you know, a decent quote they can put on the cover, mm -hmm. I guess, of the final thing. And then um, and then, and then it's due to be due for publication in February, I think. Or yeah. you've started next year. I mean, I mean, I don't know if that's fixed February, yeah. but roughly then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it will, be, it will have been 
just over a year between yeah. the book being picked up and getting onto shelves. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's quick or, or short. Um, the publisher was saying that it's best to... I mean, it probably could have gone on earlier, but she's saying it's best with a debut book that they put out in the new year, like in the autumn, all of like the famous people, you know, mm-hmm. Philip Pullman, I guess, right, or, yeah. are getting their books out there on the shelves, and that a new author will just be, just be missed if they yeah. if a books yeah. appear then. So, yeah, um, I guess you then you you miss the kind of Christmas madness, yes, where you just get swallowed up in the millions of things coming out. And, yeah, yeah, I think that's the idea. Yeah. So, what's it like? I mean, you say that there might be like one extra proof to come, but essentially. You've yes. now handed off yes. the book. Essentially, yes. Um, but you've still got the sort of four months or so uh, plus to, until it comes out. What, yeah. What's it like being in that kind of in between state now? It is, I mean, just personally, it feels quite strange, you know, because I've been working on it, in revising it this year, and then proofing it quite a lot. Um, and it did take much longer than I thought it was going to take all that. I mean, I've been doing my, I've got other writing projects I'm working on as well, but. That, that took quite a lot of time and then I've also part of it was you know writing to writers I know see if I could get you know an endorsement mm-hmm. for the blurbs that they put on yeah. out with the marketing material so that took a bit of time approaching people um, and yeah so and now it's just it just feels like an in-between time and I'm just kind of anxiously waiting actually yeah um, yeah and so what, what do you, in this kind of intervening period, mm. uh, is, is it a chance to take a break or are you already straight into next projects? Well, it kind of, because I'd written this a few years ago, I had then gone on to my next project then, back in 2015, 16, which is, the, which is one that I've been working on for, for you know, several weeks since then. Um, and I kind of interrupted my work on that to, to go and revise the Wolf Road. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of like had a, I felt pretty exhausted actually after signing it. Like I, like I was more tired than I thought I should be for mm-hmm. the actual amount of hours I'd done. But it was just some yeah. sort of like I just can't do anything. Now, <laughs> you know, I just need to stop for a few weeks. So um, I've just started going back to the project I interrupted. Um, and trying to get back into that again, which yeah. is another novel, yeah. Yes, yeah, so what's it like trying to go back to that project where you, your head's been completely in the wolf <laughs> yeah, road yeah. and now you're going back to this other thing with yeah. different story and characters different story you're like, completely. who are these people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. very much like yeah. that. It's like, who are these people I've forgotten? <laughs> reading, reading that manuscript I've got so far and forgetting bits that I'd written. written and, and, and so, yeah, it's, it's take, that's taken a bit of time, but... Um, yeah, it's getting there. I'm just, I'm just trying to trust the process. But I, th- I think one of the things that's good, that good about the publication is like I always, because I've been doing it so long, I've always struggled with the confidence about myself mm-hmm. as a writer. Because, um, you know, I've probably been doing it for 15 years trying to do a novel. Yeah. And it was just for someone to say, you know, to say, yes, this is of the quality that we can publish it. Um, and we believe in it. It's like, it's a big, for me, just psychologically, it's mm-hmm. a big, it's a big deal. And it makes, it just, it just shifts something for me. So that, yeah, it makes things, I feel more confident as a writer. Yeah. So now going back to those other projects, 
you're kind of able to approach them now in a completely different context. Yes, yeah. definitely. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm just with more confidence and like, oh yeah, I am a writer. I am mm-hmm. a novelist. You know. Yeah, yeah. And writing is because it's so solitary. Uh, as a novelist, you know, yeah. you're writing the book on your own, yeah. essentially, and hopefully at some point it becomes a published thing. But yeah. um, there's no team around you while no. you're creating the thing in the first place. So no. you're in a vacuum. You don't really know what other people are going to react to it like. No. And, yeah. And yeah, you, and you don't get, you do, there's no other external thing like, I mean, like working here, you have your. Mm-hmm. Co- like you know, team colleagues, and yeah. you know, I, I have an office job, and you know, I get, I get a salary each month, um, you know. But there's there's no re- there's kind of no reward other than the the, the activity of doing it, and the experience of doing it. Mm-hmm. So, it, when you're not when you're not getting any recognition at all, I think it is very hard. I think. Yeah, as you say, like with an office job, end of the month you get paid, which is essentially your employer going, yeah, you did your job. Is all right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, if they don't, then something bad's happened. Yes. But yeah, you don't have that kind of regular check-in with writing where, you know, something or someone goes, yeah, that's good, carry on. Yeah. Uh, you just have to convince yourself of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To, to keep the motivation going, I think, is a, is a hard thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think having other people around, you know, other write, knowing other writers. Yeah. Um, so that there's a sort of sense of, I don't know, fellowship or community in some way. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I think it is a solitary thing, but it's not entirely solitary. You need other readers. And yeah, yeah. at the end of it, there's always a reader. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Because you were on the Escalator programme. I was, yeah. yes. So did that bring some of that sense of community yeah, and definitely. fellowship? Yeah, that was really uh, vital, actually. Um, and some of the people on that, um, on the on the scheme, are still in touch with, and still see, and you know, share work with. So that's that's been really important. Um, you know, it's a good it's a good scheme. You know, for that as well as working. You know, on with writer and getting mentoring. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the whole the whole thing was good. Yeah. Um, in terms of that sort of confidence and kind of external. Uh, confirmations that you're doing the right thing. Yeah. Uh, bef- even prior to the Wolf Road, you'd been shortlisted and had won some short fiction prizes. Yes, yeah. So how, how did how did those come about? Like what uh, what drove you to sort of investigate that short story yeah. angle as opposed to the so novels the that novel. you were working on? I think I mean a number of years. I was just trying to write lots of different things about ten years ago or so. Mm. So I tried all sorts of things. I tried writing plays. I was. I mean, I still write poetry. I was writing poetry. I wanted to try short stories, and they they were the the ones that were successful. I mean, I wrote. I did probably write them in the first drafts about nine years ago or so, and then they kind of just been in, kicked around the drawer really. Mm-hmm. And then I've shown them to a few people since then. Like, you know, one friend of mine who's a writer had said this is good, you know, you need to do a bit of work on it, but this is really good, so do that. And then, and then that was the one that I sent off and was a success. So, so I was trying lots of things. Um, I mean, the novels always be, the novels have always been there in the background. Um, but I, and I think because of the success of the short fiction in the last few years, I would, 
I'd like to have a go at writing, you know, I still read short fiction, I want to mm. have another go at writing more. But there just isn't the time at the moment to do mm. for me, you know, to do that. But yeah, I think it's, there was a lot, long period of just trying lots of different things. Mm-hmm. Do you, do, did something shift in the, you had your poetry collections yeah. put out, and then in the last kind of three years, you, yeah. you've had the shortlisting and the winning, yeah. and then Wolf Road's been picked up. Yeah. Is it just that you, you kept going and things worked out? Do you feel like something shifted? Was it that you were just ready at that point? Like what, what is it, do you think? Well, I personally, I mean, I don't know, you know, but the way I sort of see it is that you just have to keep, I suppose my experience, because I've been at it so long, it's just like if I just, I know the work's good enough or that my work is of a, I'm not saying it's amazing, amazing, but it's of a quality good enough to be published and that it's good, it's solid work, Mm -hmm. it's good work, that if I just keep going, it will get some recognition at some point. So the things that have happened in the last few years has just been a question of keeping my eye out for things and sending my work out. And then... uh, but I think the the Sunday Times thing probably did because it's you know because it's the Sunday Times it's got a big name. I think people in the industry probably are more willing to read my work because of those things, perhaps. Mm-hmm. But so I get, uh, perhaps it's a mix of things. But I think it's just like if you keep if you keep pushing on the door, eventually it'll open. The only thing <laughs> that assures that it won't is if you stop. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it won't open if you stop. Yeah. Um, in terms of your, your kind of typical writing day, or yeah. do you have a particular uh, routine? Do you try and write every day, or are you more loose in how you approach your writing? Um, I'm a little more loose now. I used to be extremely disciplined and just do... When I, I had a few periods of writing full-time where I've had mm. savings or, or bits of bits of money from from various grants, uh, and you know, a number of years ago, I used to do like nine to five, Monday to Friday, if I was say working full t- on writing full time. Yeah. Um, now I probably, at the moment, I've I got a uh, an arts council grant about a year and a half ago, and at the moment I'm working part time in my office job. Well, then I have two days a week and then the weekend to write, uh, and I just try and do like a certain number of hours over those days. It won't work nine to five, but I find I'm better in the morning and mm-hmm. I do like three or four hours yeah. um, most days on the, that I'm not in the office. Um, and yeah, I just find out I'm just sharper in the morning and get more done. Um, I, I mean, I do try and I do force myself a bit, you know, push myself quite hard. Like I much prefer like, I don't know, go to the cinema or go for a walk mm-hmm. but I said no you've got to do yeah. get out get out and I try not to work at home I go to the library to work okay, just yeah. just because I find that if I'm at home I you know you know do chores or yeah but know. there's millions of distractions <laughs> yeah but if I go out then, yeah then, then that's easier in terms of you know trying to be disciplined in that way do you have a um, particular word count you aim towards or is no. it just as it comes as it as it comes um I mean, many years ago, when I was starting to try and write prose, I used to, I mean, I've written poems since I was a teenager. Mm. And then I was, I tried to write prose again in my 30s. I found it really difficult to, so I did, um, 
I did that book, The Artist's Way, where you do the morning pages, mm -hmm. where you just write. Um, and that was very freeing for me in terms of like, I didn't care if it was any good or not. Just get the words on the page. Yeah. So when I'm writing the first draft of anything now, I don't care. I just get it down onto the page, whatever. It doesn't matter as mm -hmm. long as I can just get, I try not to think of any, you know, final piece of work. Just, just get it, get words down and then I can work on it afterwards. So... I'm not too fussed about word counts because I tend to just, when I write, I'll just sort of write quite freely. Yeah. So I can write, I mean, I, I can write a few thousand words a day, in several thousand. Mm -hmm. Probably, probably used to be able to write more, but now probably, I don't know, 3,000 words yeah. or something a day. And that that's great, you know. Yeah. And then when it comes to revising and editing, how many drafts do you reckon you go through well i'm not sure because i do it on the direct onto like a laptop mm -hmm. but i'll go through i'll go through it i don't know probably is actually hundreds of times you know say say if i've had say if a chapter was two or three thousand words you know i would i would go through that yeah probably 30, 40, 50, 100 times mm -hmm. before I felt like it was... But it's just reading it again and again, changing it, you know, structurally changing it or cutting paragraphs, changing what people say, yeah. dialogue, every, everything. Everything's up for grabs. Everything, yeah. yeah. And so do you do much in the way of planning in advance? Yeah, I do. I mean, with my fiction, yes. I mean, I think I've always... I've, I know, you know, it's really interesting when I hear other writers talking... Mm -hmm. And like how differently they work. Like went this week to see um, James Elroy talk. Oh yes, that was great. And uh, he writes uh, like a plot, a plan of it's like one of these huge novels that he writes. That he I think he said it was like four hundred pages long. It's just the plan. <laughs> yep. He said everything is fixed. The whole plot is fixed down, and all the characters. And then he the the written page is improvisatory. He said the actual. Okay, which is interesting, um, but and then I know there's people who don't know the story at all and just like they find their way as they write. Yeah, and I've tended to have a very fixed plot with um, plot points that must happen in each chapter. But mm -hmm. it's not you know how those plot points come about will occur on the page as I'm writing. Yeah, so there's a sort of free reign of the imagination. Yeah, and then and then after that there's the editing, 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 editing. But I would really like to try to do write in a different way, mm -hmm. just to see what it's like to not to start a story the other way without knowing what's going to happen. Yeah, just because I, you know, people talk about that in a different way, and I, I'd just be really interested. To see. Do you do you, how do you write yours with a? I plan out, but in a very loose way. Yeah. So. The, the further away from where I am currently in yeah. the story, the looser it gets, essentially. So I might have like a one sentence notion of the ending, whereas the the five chapters coming up will be very defined and it kind of rolls ahead of me almost. Okay. Um, so it's a little bit of both, I yeah. suppose. Does that change then the ending as you get near? Can the do, yeah. I mean I usually I usually have a fixed idea of what the, the point of the book is and so what I'm heading towards, but the, the specifics of what that means and how it plays out can can change. Often because I don't know how you feel, but quite often the best ideas happen while you're writing it. Yeah. So 
no matter how long you might spend planning everything perfectly, uh, it's only when you start writing that certain ideas will appear. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I find that there's something in the sort of pl- well for me in the play of just writing mm. and the, there's a sort of pleasurable play thing going on for me. You know, you've got to like, oh yeah, do something a little bit magical or something. Yeah, exactly. But as you say, it's it's fascinating how different brains approach this yeah. stuff differently. Yeah, it's one of those curious things about teaching how to write. Right, yeah. Because everyone does have a completely different approach to the, the, the practical getting the words down yeah. aspect of it. Yeah, yeah. there's no one way, is there? That I think it seems to be a lot about finding what works for you, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not feeling that you have to be forced into a particular way of doing it. Yeah, um, yeah. Because, as you say, James Elroy's method... I could never do that. Yeah. <laughs> that just would not work for my personality. But for him, that's how he does it. And it's worked out quite well for him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what is next for you? You've got Wolf Road coming out in February. February. Um, so at the moment, this project I've been working on, which is actually the one that Escalator took me on for, the one I'm working on now, the one right. I've gone back to. Yes. Um, so that's a kind of a literary crime fiction, you know, thing. Um, so I've been working on that for some year, several years now and I really want to get that finished. Yeah. Um, so that's the thing I'm working on. And then it feels like I've been working on things for a long time, so I don't want to write anything after that for quite a while. I want mm-hmm. to just... I really just want to have, have a year or, 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 or maybe it's just months of just reading and, mm-hmm. you know... Um, filling the well a bit yeah just refreshing refreshing yeah yes yeah i mean because you just finished are you are you do you, oh no i want to go back to working on something or are you yeah no i'm i take a break do you between projects um uh, not very long oh, okay. but yeah i feel like when you get to know characters and a world and whatever the setting happens to be so intimately yeah that if you're then going to go and do something completely different like i need a little bit of a gap yeah. So that almost like you don't want those worlds to collide accidentally <laughs> in your imagination, if you see what I mean. There yeah. needs to be that kind of separation between like, right, I'm doing something different now. Yeah. And retune yourself almost. Yeah. Because uh, not every not every book is going to have the same no. tone and feel. Yeah. And if you want them to feel distinct, then yeah, I think a little, a little break. bit of a break helps. Great. Well, thanks very much for your time. It's fascinating stuff. All right. Thanks um, for I think this. This in-between stage you're in at the moment and then looking to the next project. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a part of the publishing process that doesn't get focused on no, that often. No. So yeah, thank you very much. Thank you, Simon. Thank you. Thanks for listening and thanks to Richard for the chat. If you've got any questions or you want to get in touch with us, you can follow me on Twitter at Steph X McKenna or you can follow Simon at Tarnamus. And if you want to drop the National Centre for Writing a line, you can find us all over the place. So we're on Twitter and Instagram at Writer Centre. You can search for our page on Facebook. And you can, of course, find out everything we're up to over on the website at nationalcentreforwriting.org.uk. And you can also sign up to our newsletter there, which is probably the best way to keep up to date on all the opportunities and events we have coming up. Please do subscribe, rate and review the podcast because it does help other people to find it. Thanks again for listening, keep on writing, and we will catch you on the next episode. Bye.